नमस्ते जय हिंद वेलकम टू अनदर एडिशन ऑफ ए एन आई पॉडकास्ट विद स्मिता प्रकाश टुडे एम गुड बी टॉकिंग अबाउट द राइट विंग नैरेटिव Now even though since 2014 there is a right wing government in India uh, the BJP is in power in spite of that the right wing narrative remains fractured the BJP wins elections yes the Modi government is unabashedly right wing why do i say unabashedly that's because the congress the UPA government uh, could probably have been called left or center left but in matters of the economy it pursued liberalization process it was centrist some may even say center right let's come to the bjp it's seen as right wing because of its obvious right leanings but when it comes to the economy its own supporters call it more left than even the left liberal parties that we have is the left actually liberal and is the right not liberal these conversations become extremely volatile on twitter and facebook So to discuss all this I spoke with Abhijit Ayer Mitra. Now if you follow him his podcast his Twitter avatar he's there on uh, television debates and he has very radical uh, view. He's seen by the right as one of theirs but at the same time they attack him because he doesn't do things which the right likes. Uh, as far as the left is concerned they have dismissed him as a right wing person with extreme views. uh he has a he's an extreme liberal if i may say uh because he believes that in in total freedom of thought and expression of thought in an extremely interesting conversation now he's he's somebody who has written on military affairs he's written on uh, on nuclear affairs he he uh, he does a lot of radar imagery research he's a researcher par excellence but he talks on political views he talks about on social views so he he's a good person to speak to because he's attacked by both the right wing and the left wing in india and of course it made very interesting conversation thank you very much for speaking with us abhijit ayer mitra now this three name business mm-hmm. right why you three names <laughs> first thanks for having me on and it's three names because my mom is the ayer in the mix okay and she decided that she did the lion's share of the work giving birth to me the 9 months of tenancy and the delivery uh-huh. so she was like my name, my name is going to come first okay. and it is going to be there okay so so those who don't follow you on social media probably don't know about this i mean your you your podcast your twitter avatars and your fights everybody seen you on tv of course but you're this acerbic nobody dare you know uh, take you on because then it's like no holds barred so abhijit is to be feared but i also know that you're this nice warm sweet guy also but you don't like giving that image right no no, no. you want to be this nasty snarling taking on everybody yeah i think you know like um sigmund freud says everything goes back to your childhood okay. i guess because i was the fat bullied child huh. um i couldn't like fight back against people bashing me up huh. so i came up with verbal bashing as my defense mechanism that's also your ayer isn't it no ayer i don't want actually... to i don't want to typify i know because i'll get trolled ki yeah, oh, this is what she said about ayers how dare she and all that she must be an ayengar that's why she's taking on the ayers that's not it what i'm trying to say is that there's this tambram image of being this sharp witty way with words but take down with meethi churi is that you no the uh, ayer uh, brood hmm. has a reputation for working in the shadows and being bureaucrats 
एक जमाने में दे यूज्ड टू से यू नो इन साउथ ब्लॉक योर इधर अ मद्रासी और योर अ चपरासी एंड इन दोस डेज ऑल द मद्रासीज वर माय ब्रूड द पालकाडा इयर्स ओके राइट सो आई थिंक इट्स क्वाइट नॉन आईयर टू बी लाइक दिस आई थिंक देयर फ्यू टू नो आईयर्स वर एक्चुअली वेरी आउटस्पोकन दे टेंड टू वर्क very quiet okay abhijit you're so right because uh, there was this one incident i was uh, traveling with uh, a bunch of us journals and there were these senior uh, government officers and the senior most of them was narrating some incident and he said i'm from palgad as a manner of conversation so i said oh there are two other secretaries out here from your village he got so mad at me how dare you say palgad is a village is like Oh my god I made some like you know you tuch prani how dare you say call my palgad this place as a village but you know palgad uh, the the really posh people from palgad we come from villages you know there's this notion what is that... palgad is what so palgad is a district pal is milk palakad no? so uh, milk uh, milk forest okay card huh. <laughs> oh card was in is, village uh, sorry forest, forest. Yeah. okay okay and i come from a place called पुदुग्रामम विच इज इन कॉलंगोडर you know you your area of expertise is from defense uh you know to nuclear stuff and you talk about foreign policy but you also talk a lot in your podcast in your conversations on television on the right wing narrative mm. now tell me is there a right a right wing narrative in india and where do you think that you know see the reason i'm asking you this is is there a right wing mm. narrative in most liberal democracies there is a left wing narrative and a right wing narrative and they you know they they quarrel among each other but there is a narrative in india since 2014 we have supposedly a right wing government right but there is no right wing narrative i feel yes the right wing government wins election that's a different matter mm. but is there a cohesive right wing narrative as you know do you see that um no there isn't and you know these things are relative so let me give you an example in india we have a saffron socialist government mm. or a saffron communist government uh which because it isn't as loony about uh, you know state ownership of private industries or as um uh, willing to turn the blind eye to minority disturbances mm. is deemed right wing when you say minorities religious minorities religious minorities okay. right uh in if you look at the textbook occidental definition of a right wing the bjp would actually come quite far to the left but because it's all relative where does the median lie in india the center is so far left in india mm. that relatively speaking the bjp is a right wing party mm. uh, but do they believe in individual liberties no uh, do they believe in a uh, 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 state agency which is anathema to the right fundamentally uh, from a western definition yes they do uh, do they believe in uh, you know the absolute uh, 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 authority of the state yes which is necessary in a pre industrial society but not in a post industrial society hmm. and yet they keep talking as if india has become post industrial 
but when you're saying all this you the presumption is that bjp is the is the one who is doing the is one who's molding the narrative of right wing is that it that bjp not rss not vhp not anybody else correct because see there is uh, if you read nalin mehta's book hmm. uh, what happened was you remember 2004 when vajpayee ji lost the election hmm. uh, there's a very coherent case to be made that india shining didn't lose them the election it was the rss that didn't come out and campaign for vajpayee that lost them the election hmm. Hmm. Uh, i think they've learned from that and what modi's done is before the rss agar dekhoge the rss and bjp numbers were roughly equal hmm. today the bjp is 29 times the size of the rss hmm. so even tomorrow if the rss decides to pull the rug there's nothing the pull rss the rug can bole to what like say they withdraw support or they don't come out and campaign actively like they didn't in 2004 do you think it'll impact on bjp's not electoral at not, not at, at all. all not anymore and what about the narrative the right narrative is it rss driven so the is right it... narrative as i see it hmm. there is no classical right in this country there is no new chanakya in this country hmm. chanakya was actually quite right wing okay yeah uh, he was the father of the right hmm. you know this is the they, sad thing the right about india the right wing loves chanakya everything they is... love chanakya but they don't follow chanakya So, for example, Buddhism. Hmm. If you look at all early iconography of Buddhism, the Buddha was never meant to be represented anthropomorphically. Hmm. You showed either an elephant or a lotus or something uh, as this thing. But now it's turned to worshiping the Buddha's image. Right. Right. So they may love Chanakya. The issue is they tear the Arthashastra to bits on everything, be it foreign policy, be it defense policy, and especially. especially on economic policy i think chanakya's atma is in serious turmoil somewhere looking at what is being propagated in his name so there is no right wing out here you look at political islam for example yeah that's what i was going to say that uh, while you say this about the right, uh, the right which is the hindu right there is also the muslim yeah. right and the same thing right uh, <laughs> same thing right the same thing in the sense of um, the if they go by if these guys don't follow yeah. chanakya but idolize chanakya yeah. the person here you have uh, the muslim right which talks about the quran but may not be following everything that the the book says right hmm. so here what happens is uh, you have what you'd call political islam yeah. which is to say the muslim right which is identitarian hmm. uh, politics which is loved by the left globally the left loves political islam Hmm. they haven't met somebody from the muslim brotherhood or a political islam party who they didn't consider a fellow traveler hmm. right hmm. uh asaduddin owaisi for example i would consider him a political right a muslim political right but he will be welcome in any left wing publication anywhere either in india or abroad right hmm. so what makes you left wing then what is the left what is the right is that why you think that even in in uh, western liberal western democracies there's not much support coming out for uh, iranian women who are pulling off their hijabs there's this very uh, weird silence from the so called left liberals not just in india but in countries where the the muslim population is low even there so even there i want you to contrast two things iran hijab protests get much more press traction than the uh, uh car driving or hijab protest in saudi arabia ever got hmm. and there's a reason for it 
the overwhelming part of the minority electorate in European countries is Sunni. Okay. They would much rather pay attention to a Shia anti-hijab protest than pay it. And remember, overwhelmingly, when you look at it, a Muslim minority in Europe and America, a Sunni minority in uh, Europe and America, is one of the most economically depressed sections of society. Like take Britain. Hmm. In terms of it's the Indian subcontinent, technically, we were all one country at the same at one point of time. Hindus have the lowest levels of incarceration, lowest jail population, lowest violent crimes, lowest arrests, highest income group. Pakistanis and Bangladeshis are the exact opposite. Lowest income groups, overwhelmingly blue collar, disproportionate in the amount of uh, them who are in jail. Hmm. And they form the back. Be, uh, the backbone of the Labour Party. Right? So there is a fundamental thing where you appease your vote bank, which is why you know it is political. Good it, behavior it always fundamentally... Get, yeah, exactly. Good behavior doesn't get there's never a there, There's never a even standard applied no, to everyone. there's not. For example, Ukraine. Hmm. You have videos every day coming out showing you how neo-Nazi the Ukrainian military is. You know, for the first two months of the war, there wasn't a single image that the Ukrainian military put out mm. that did not have a neo-Nazi or Nazi connotation to it. I'm going to bring you back. Wait, wait. But they are <laughs> liberals and the BJP is fascist. I'm going to come back to this where, you know, uh, we were talking about who, who is the, the speaker for the Hindu narrative or mm. the, not the Hindu narrative who's the speaker for the right wing narrative in India let's first let's figure that out okay. then go to the uh, the Muslim right wing narrative mm. when we talk about the Hindu right wing narrative is it Narendra Modi is it the Gaurakshaks is it uh, you know is it the RSS who who do we say okay because what you are saying is that the BJP has moved away from the right wing narrative right. so then who is it um so the BJP hasn't moved away from the right-wing narrative in one important point. What made them right-wing was Hindu nationalism. Hmm. And Hindu nationalism was dependent on overcoming caste because caste, elections in this country were won on caste. And as long as those caste divisions stayed, Hindu consolidation was impossible. Which is why you have that caste consolidation. So in that, they're actually very right-wing. Hmm. The economic right-wing, who are the speakers for an economic right-wing? Hardly anyone today. Yeah. Uh, at most, say Jagdish Bhagwati. Hmm. Uh, but even but, uh, uh, the the UPA was supposed to be left wing, but when it came to uh, economic economics, policies, they came right. They were. And the BJP, which is right wing, when it comes to their economic policies, their own people yeah. castigate the party to say that we have turned left wing. Correct. But tell me, is it economic left? Because their Antyodaya uh, scheme, is it its... I mean, many say it's socialism with an Indian name. That's all. Basically, you look at everything they do. So there's two, three layers to their economic policies, right? Hmm. On one hand, you have the very admirable uh, uh, denationalization or the privatization of Air India, which should be lauded. Thank God. I expect a lot more to happen. Uh, you, But on the other hand, you have the return of a license, not a license Raj, but a Babu Raj. And how? I think Babus have been empowered like nobody's business. And remember, the Babudam is essentially a rent-seeking system. 
right? It's it's a rentier state of the worst possible kind. They make Russia and Saudi Arabia look like um, raging liberal democracies so by comparison. You don't say that it's the iron frame which is holding India in place. Dekh bhai, mere dono, mere maabap dono. Exactly, I want to ask that too. You are, you are the ultimate privileged brat who is from the. Ah. Uh, from the bureaucracy born so you understand to I, the bureaucracy born i am i am a class traitor on so many levels yeah i i have betrayed the ias i've betrayed the iaas which my father was from i have betrayed um uh hindutva by eating beef apparently yeah i've uh, betrayed uh, the cultural norms of this country by wearing shorts and a t-shirt okay and uh <coughs> I I have betrayed the ethos of this country by being occidental in my outlook i am a I am a mlecha traitor at so many levels. And what putra are you? I prefer to think of myself. You know, there's that um, um, uh, the uh, thing from uh, the Upanishads: Purnamada, Purnamada, ah. Purna, Purnamudashite, Purnasse, Purnamadaya, Purnameva. And now here you are quoting. Now, now what do I do if you start spouting Vedas and you start <laughs> next? You're going to spout Vedic philosophy, and you're going to get everybody angry that you're this beef-eating Veda spouting person. So I. I just do everything ab initio. Hmm. See, I'm not ideological because for me, ideal ideology is outsourcing your brain to somebody. Why should I? I I need to follow where evidence leads me. So in some things, I'm quite left wing. <laughs> Now you are branded as right wing. Sorry, you can call yeah. yourself left wing. You are branded as right wing. Yeah. That's why you're here to I explain. Am. I am. I identify me. as right wing. Yes, yeah. you identify as right wing. Now, why does the right wing seek validation from the left? Okay. all the time okay a uh, severe inferiority complex hmm. uh their education isn't good enough uh when they get money they don't value um uh, a humanities education at all and i think that's the indian mindset you know ki mera beta ya to doctor banega ya to engineer banega uh, uh nahi to fir your gobar actually hmm. gobar has higher value than a humanities graduate in hmm. india theek hai they never study the humanities and they don't realize that historically it is always the humanities that has controlled the sciences and not science that has controlled humanity you tell me one scientist who ever became president you're now getting too deep for me <laughs> okay. but it's the truth get to the point humanities is how to control the human mind okay you can, science is about controlling nature hmm. and the laws of nature humanities is about controlling the human mind the the right in this country does not invest in education they don't invest in research they don't invest in archiving Uh, they don't invest in human beings right that's why all the think tanks in this country are all left all the media is left um uh, well the think tanks aren't really left the think no? tanks are non-committal but you tell me the, the well funded ones are left leaning uh that's that's a whole different thing that's a left ecosystem okay. it doesn't mean they're particularly perspicacious because the indian left also has certain very severe problems okay. Th- th- that's, we'll get to we, that we'll get to that soon okay. but let's talk about the rightward leaning ones in my experience think tanks have a mix of both right and left okay uh but mostly think tanks in india seldom do any research they do events hmm. uh events are not research Hmm. Uh you know you look at western think tanks i mean for all your criticisms of them that they're ideological whatever whatever they've become ideological uh they actually invest hugely in going to the places they study sitting and talking to people on the ground meeting people doing hard painstaking ground research 
Hmm. Whether it's quackery or not, we can decide later. But in my experience, ground research always yields gold. Hmm. Right. Let me give you a simple example with me. Do you remember when uh, uh, Doklam was happening in 2017? Hmm. Hmm? Uh, there was a lot of stories coming out, except nobody from the Indian side was going to Doklam. Hmm. Right. Uh, it curiously happened that the end of my North Korea trip was also the beginning of my Tibet trip. So I happened to be in Lhasa and I wanted to be in Lhasa. And I took the car, went past Shigatse and got very close to Doklam, say about 100 kilometers away. And, you know, I was looking at, because when you're coming to Shigatse, you can see the airport formations. When you're leaving Lhasa and coming into Lhasa, uh, you can see the aircraft parked, what are the military aircraft parked on the tarmac, what are the uh, armoured vehicles in the marshalling yards around uh, Lhasa and things like that. And it simply didn't add up with what we were hearing in the Indian press. Hmm. There was no sense of urgency or alarm on the Chinese side. And they were actually quite surprised in Beijing by what was happening in India because they hadn't expected that kind of a response from India. Mm -hmm. Now, that is called primary research, where you're actually going into the middle of a mm. uh, this thing and looking at it. Mm. Now, very frequently, we don't have the money to go there. Right. So, at least look at satellite imagery then. Mm. The satellite imagery doesn't tell you the whole story, but it can give you about 60-70% of the story at least. Mm. Mm. Who in India does that? Indians, I mean, you, you look at all these big uh, houses, the uh, media houses... They have money to do, you know, leadership summit, uh, 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 um, um, your majesty summit, your excellency summit. Sab bade bade ko basketball player, uh, uh, tennis player, this they'll bring. They don't have money to spend on their main thing, which is to get you information, which is satellite imagery. Or send a correspondent out there. With, now that we're talking about media, the media, uh, you know, uh, internationally speaking, like in most... Uh, Western liberal democracies, the media has generally been uh, left-leaning, mm. right? Even in India, the media has been uh, left-leaning. It's it's not comfortable with a right-leaning government which comes in. Uh, even when it does come in, the bureaucracy sees it as an interloper. The media tends to think that uh, they are not for free thought, and it's too uh, Rashtravadi, and you know it doesn't uh, it doesn't um, foster free speech, and you know the left liberal views or whatever. But uh, the the left ecosystem now says that the media is completely sold out to the right. Mm. Do you see that? Do you see that happening? In no, no. I see market forces at work out here. You know, you see the media landscape mirroring the political landscape out here. Right. Uh, now so, or always? Uh, always. Okay. It's not just now. Okay. It's always been that, that the most popular government, Indians generally tend to be very pro-government. Hmm. It doesn't matter which government is in power. Hmm. Uh, the government is usually a reflection of popularity in this case, right? Okay. And uh, <laughs> I'll get in trouble. So I'm not going to say that. Uh, but jiski sarkar uski bhes in that sense. Hmm. So you will have, uh, so there, there are two parts to your question. First, why is the media like academia and think tankery so left-wing? It's because the humanities has executed a complete institutional capture and a mind capture of the humanities. Okay. So, you know, you're, if you're studying humanities, it's fundamentally a left-wing indoctrination camp. Hmm. 
right? You can't get away from that. Mm-hmm. So, the people who manage to get away will be, you can literally count them on the tips of your fingers. Because it's that one person in a hundred who has the brains to say, there's a whole world outside of this. Even the terminology, right, Abhijit, when you were in school, in college and uh, you know it, it was always loony right which was yeah, used yeah, yeah, right yeah. it's used so liberally yeah. loony right I was in fact there was one day I was talking about like you know now this whole thing about Bhagat Singh Bhagat Singh everybody's talking about Bhagat Singh but when you were studying Bhagat Singh in school and college and I'm talking about urban centers you our history book said extremists and moderates mm. the CBSE boards were you'd studied more about the moderates. Correct. Extremist was a three-mark question. Mm. So let's face it, if you are not a humanities student, mm. you, are you going to study about the three-mark question or about the moderates? Then you studied more about the moderates, right? Because those were longer answers. Did you study about, uh, you know, I'm again, I want to make it clear, I'm talking about our history texts, which were of the Central Board of Secondary Education, mm. not the state boards. So, you know, your Shivaji, Rana Pratap, or the Cholas, Chalukyas, Pandyas, uh, you know, the, all this in CBSE were two mark, one mark questions. Correct. But when you talked about the Mughals was about... 15 mark question, 10 mark question and multiple choice question of Shah Jahan uh, or you wanted Jahangir or you wanted Akbar's architecture Mm -hmm. or you know so that whole thing was there and this was relegated. Again you're talking about academia now. Mm -hmm. The academia is also uh, left wing uh, oriented. It's the left narrative. (coughs) We've talked about think tanks, we've talked talked about media, now the academia. So academia will especially the humanities academia, is always going to be left-wing because that institutional capture was uh, effected almost a century back. Hmm. Uh, You know what Lenin used to say was, every idea is worth a thousand pages of theory. So they will come up with mumbo-jumbo and sometimes it's valid and mostly it's overwhelmingly mumbo-jumbo. They will break it down into its constituent parts and they will create the entire entire volume of work about it when you've saturated the literature with your literature doesn't matter if it's good or bad Hmm. but if 99% of the available literature Hmm. is left wing Hmm. then the people reading it will also turn out to be left wing Hmm. so 99% of the people reading that 99% turn out to be left wing then the job market gets saturated with that they create their own validation circles that if you're right wing you're not really you don't really know the subject this person knows the subject and so it became it becomes a complete validation citation and views and employment capture hmm. the same way in which you know halal certification has led to a complete yes. uh, a dispossession of dalit butchers in this country hmm. Uh, and so badly so that uh, products run even by Hindu sons and things like that apply for halal certification yeah. for vegetarian products. Hmm. Right. So that's it, for the export market mostly, right? Right. Uh, but whatever. It's, it's market forces as you were It's saying. market forces. Yeah. So you have this fundamental problem that when you have a certification agency, you then start getting monopolies. For example, nobody can make champagne. 
unless the French certify you as a DOCG champagne producer, growing it in champagne, you can produce sparkling wine, but you can't produce champagne. But now it's all changing. Right? I'm not talking about products or the halal thing right now. I'm just talking about the right wing now deciding, like the Muslim right wing mm. is now having a rethink. The recent, you know, this the the pasmanda uh, Muslims coming out and saying that we do not, uh, you know, we we support the uh, the uh, the crackdown on PFI. Mm. There is a rethink among educated Muslims who feel that there was an elite which was speaking on our behalf. Right. And they were not speaking what we wanted. They many don't agree with it, right? They may not agree with what just one group of Muslims have to say. Similarly, uh, the right wing uh, Hindu narrative mm. is also that you know what has been said so far was the left capture of history. We want to rewrite it. We want, but then there is a pushback to say you can't rewrite history. Now the same thing, like we've talked about academia, we've talked about media, we've talked about think tanks. The same thing is happening with Bollywood. That Bollywood, there was this whole movement against Bollywood, that and this ban certain actors for what they have said. It sounds a little bizarre sometimes that you go to that extreme, that you're banning an actor who just said that I had, he, he liked beef. Mm. And he said it several years ago. Mm. But there is this anger against a certain section of Bollywood that they had captured the narrative. Mm. Do you think that that is like valid, that, that angst that you're seeing spilling out now? It's a reaction. Mm. It's a reaction to uh, the left's cancel culture. Remember, the left started this cancel culture. Mm. Uh, you're a bigot, therefore we won't platform you. Yeah. Uh, they, of course, did it very differently, right? Uh, the left in India has its own problems because they've, uh, if you were a lefty, uh, they would promote any mediocrity, mm. any F-grader, any third-rater. So what's happened is that all you need to do to become a serious public intellectual in India is talk left-wing garbage, and you can be absolute rubbish and you'll become a public intellectual. You'll be labelled a public intellectual. Be in crown market, wear raw mango uh, uh, cotton saris, uh, wear Kolapuri chappal, carry a jhola uh, and have at least three books from Bhari Sons right. in your left arm and a jhola in your right arm. I'm talking about the women. And uh, as far as the men, uh, Fab India Kurta, mm -hmm. I'm just talking superficially, mm -hmm. Fab India Kurta uh, and a Khadi Gramudyog uh, Nehru jacket, mm -hmm. Nehru jacket. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and a, a slightly crumpled, uh, disheveled look about you and uh, sit in Triveni and uh, sip tea from uh, Mitika Khullar ka wo, yeah. uh, thing. And you've given the impression that you are a left liberal. Now comes the spouting. Now you tell me what is the spouting of the left liberal. Now comes the spouting where you can spout any kind of rubbish and as long as it suits their agenda, they'll crown you eh, uh, an intellectual. Hmm. But they're paying a very heavy price for it, which they don't realize. What is They've that? They've been wiped out from power. You look today, before, uh, say the Congress, let's assume for this particular argument, the Congress is left and the BJP is right. Hmm. Right. Hmm. If this was the spectrum, hmm. the center was here, the BJP occupied here, the Congress was here and the left parties were here. Hmm. Today, the median has shifted so much that the left space is only this much. The Congress is competing. They're cannibalizing CPI, CPIM votes. Mm. This is the space. The, the BJP, by moving left, 
nobody is there to outflank it on the right. But so on that left that you're showing, that spectrum hmm. is also clawing at that left is that Kejriwal and Ahmadmi party. Yes. But it didn't work for him. But Kejriwal, see the thing is, Kejriwal is an opportunist, which I'm perfectly fine with. I yeah. say this as a compliment. I don't mean it as an insult. Huh. I would much rather have somebody like Kejriwal who's willing to toy around with the right and play the right game huh. than an ideological left. And so what you've had is diminishing returns on the left. You tell me one What about Mamta? Uh, does she come in that, that small spectrum of left? She comes in a Centrist. regional identity. Okay. It, it's not a... Uh, economic she, identity yeah. out there. She got rid of the left and she came in. She outlefted the left. She outlefted the left, yeah. isn't it? She yeah. didn't become centrist or no. right. No, she no. just, yeah, that's it with yeah. a different name. So you basically have a left party with a different name there. Basically, basically. Yeah. She was the left wing of the Congress party anyway. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, so what happens with the left in India is they are never going to get political power again for at least another 15, 20 years, as far as I can tell. Be it monarchs in Europe or be it communists in the USSR. They used to dole out money liberally to the arts, hmm. to literature, to academia, to write their hagiographies. Okay. Right. King John was actually a bad King John of Robin Hood fame, was actually a very good king. And good King Richard was actually a very bad king. And yet history will teach you that John was the villain and Richard and was Richard. the hero. Okay. Hmm. Whereas all the economic records and all the other records will show you that was actually not the case. King John was actually fighting for the rights of the people and the barons took away the, the Magna Carta was actually a kind of re-enslavement of the people in a sense. But uh, Abhijit, you've had Dr. Manmohan Singh, you've had Narse Marao. They're yes. highly educated They're people. They're highly were, educated people. But remember, there was already an ecosystem in and place. And they were considered... For giving you validation. Hmm. It... And it's not just semi-literate people who require validation. Everybody requires validation. I'm unique. I only seek validation from my dogs and my cats. <laughs> um, I don't seek human validation. That's why. But left wing, they validate each other, even if they don't yes. agree with each other. Yes. They validate, right? Exactly. Like uh, you, uh, you know, I mean, when we talk about authors in the left wing, you can, uh, if you have Arundhati Roy, extreme left, Gandhi and with guns and all that. Mm. But and Pratap Bhanu Mehta, who wasn't considered left, he mm. was considered right at one mm. point of time, mm -hmm. shifted and made mm. because, you know, at, at some point of time, there were these right wing authors, columnists, writers, journalists who, you know, disliked Modi. So they become left wing. Right. They moved, they jumped ship and Pratap Bhanu Mehta, I'm so sorry, you, but I feel that that's what happened with him. So you hit the nail on the head. There is no left wing and right wing in India. There is the gravy train wing and there is the anath wing. <laughs> okay, explain this now. Okay, what you call the left wing in India is actually highly privileged pricks mm -hmm. who all come from very privileged families mm -hmm. who essentially create a, I'm sorry to use this word, but a circle jerk mm -hmm. uh, of each other providing validation. Oh, this is the new upcoming scholar of India. Uh, he or she is the ultimate last word on this. It is the gravy train wing. They've been brought up on state largesse. Hmm. They've been brought up, which every king historically has done. 
the Choras did it, the Pandyas did it, the Pallavas did it, uh, the Mughals did it, that you get poets and things like that to write Hoshanas about you. Uh, you get uh, authors to write what a great king. Uh, I mean, Prithviraja Raso, after all, was uh, composed uh, by somebody for someone. The Shahname was composed... Uh, for someone by giving money to the author, right? So every everything, even everything. Shakespeare was like that. Everything, yes. yeah. This government does not provide a gravy train. Hmm. You're supposed to do everything in desh hit, desh rashtrit. So this is that swayam sevak uh, uh, mentality, hmm. right? So the it's, right wing doesn't doesn't provide the gravy for mm, the gravy train. Mm, mm, mm. So there's no narrative. That's mm. what you're saying. Correct. Okay. Uh, if you are not going to give state largesse, if you're not going to give institutional validation, and the problem is the people who are in position to give institutional validation desperately seek validation from the left. Mm. Right. They will go to every left event when invited uh, just to score, you know, oh, uh, he... he uh, uh, they essentially fit into the left's need for a token right-winger to show over representative. It was like that show, you know, that... But one second, hmm. Abhijit. Even though the left-wing will invite that one token right-winger, God help that one left-winger who gets invited to a right-wing event. Yeah. They are booed, they are shamed, they are called names. Hmm. Because the right-wing won't accept a slight... Soft right wing also. Mm. They you have to be ultra ultra right wing mm. to get accepted. If you are slightly like even if you're seen in the company of a centrist, mm. not acceptable. Yeah. So why is that? You know that uh, intolerance in the right wing. I'm sorry to use this word because no, they, the right wing hates that word being used. But it is. But it is. Of course, it is. Look, the right wing. You have to understand what is the right wing in India. Most of them are socially upwardly mobile yuppies. Uh, they're first generation rich. They haven't had a terribly great education. There are, of course, notable exceptions to the rule. But overwhelmingly, uh, they are socially upwardly mobile. And this is where Huntingdon makes a very, very interesting case in The Clash of Civilizations on how emerging cultures emphasize their roots, nationalism and things like that. Hmm. So this is a group that is not willing to tolerate and it's so bad they don't even read. I mean, how are you going to oppose an idea if you're not willing to read the books of the other side? Hmm. I, you know, for example, I read Wire and Scroll a lot because I need to know what the other side is saying. Okay. Right. But the, the left doesn't read any right. They they call... Oh, no, no, the no, 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 no. They, trust me, they go over it with a fine tooth comb. And they diss it. They diss it when required. Mostly, if you're, it. if they find you particularly dangerous, they ignore you. Okay. The left's method of ignoring people is if they find you a threat, they ignore you so that you will never get any publicity. Okay. The right's method is they, they find you a threat, even if you're a low-level useless threat. Hmm. Like Rana Ayub is the biggest transparently fraud journalist around. She has never produced a single iota of proof for anything she's ever written. Madhu Trehan gave her a platform. Gave her a platform on News Laundry saying, we'll publish your tapes. And she said, no, it's actually, uh, you know, Shoma Chaudhary and uh, Telka own it. They said, no, 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 she's free to publish it. She still hasn't published it. Hmm. Now you say, you, you, you mean to tell me Washington Post doesn't have... Uh, 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 the money or the resources to catalog the entire 600 odd tapes that she has. Of course not. 
she never produces an iota of proof for anything she says. But who made Rana Ayub big entirely the right wing? Abhijit, is the left wing, is it justified? The right wing says that the left wing is very intolerant of any opinion other than their own uh, voice. The left accuses the right of the same thing. So tell me where. And does the left wing, do the left wing uh, authors, think tankers, media, do they, do they cannibalize on each other as much as the right wing does? No. So, like I said, it's the gravy train wing generally. And what happens is they're actually, if this is the space, the academic space or the uh, profit-making space from books or whatever, they account for maybe this much, but they occupy this much of the space. Mm -hmm. Right. So, as much as they cannibalize votes, votes they're cannibalizing each other. Mm. But in terms of academic, economic, uh, uh, teaching opportunities or whatever, or think tanking opportunities... There's actually a vast field for them to play about. For right? the left, you mean? For the left. Mm. Uh, in fact, the more you spread an intolerance narrative, the more their space increases. The second thing about left intolerance is they're very tolerant of representational diversity and extremely intolerant of intellectual diversity. They substitute. You can have a trans, a cis, uh, uh, Mm. A, a, a cis trans uh, lady who identifies as a uh, as the uh, 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 plastic casing on a copper wire. They can have a uh, uh, a uh, I don't know uh, an, an Eskimo uh, Aboriginal uh, uh, <laughs> Bedouin person okay. uh, and things like that who will all be saying the exact same thing. Mm. Okay, so they go in for diversity of color, diversity of caste, diversity of class. It's tokenism. But all to trumpet the same line. Hmm. And I would much rather have the right in India, which is so much more cacophonous. Because remember on the right, technically, if you're looking you at... You can't understand anything because of that cacophony. No, you can't understand not because of the cacophony. You can't understand because mostly the right are very crude and unsophisticated and unread. But there are very notable exceptions. Remember, Veer Savarkar was an intellectual giant of his times. Yeah. And he shows you the three strands that have always existed within, say, the Hindutva narrative. One is the Savarkar branch, which is extremely progressive. Yeah, he talks about urbanization. Right. But find me the right-wing guys who will talk about that, will that part. Of they will not. Do yeah. you know, I, I have never met a right-wing guy who has read Savarkar. Huh. Most people haven't even read Hejevar. Huh. And they are right-wing. Hegdevar. Hegdevar. Huh. Sorry. Okay. My bad. <laughs> uh, then you have the arch-traditionalists who believe caste is good, varna, and they justify it saying, oh, jati is not varna, varna is not jati, etc., mm -hmm, etc. Mm -hmm. Those kind of pricks who have always existed. The thing is, on the Hindu right, these people, the traditionalists, have lost every single electoral battle, both outside and even within the Hindutvavadi fold. And the RSS represents the middle, which was, are bhai, Savarkar bhai, you're going too progressive, calm down a bit. Mm. You guys, we don't really want to associate with you because if you think caste is important, then stay away from us. Hmm. So they came up with this socially conservative consensus, hmm. which was, we are all for change when society is ready for it. For example, homosexuality. The Congress, because it had to cater to certain Christian and Muslim groups, 
when it was not in court, they would support decriminalization of homosexuality. The moment it would go to court again, they would oppose it. Mm -hmm. Whereas with this government, it was, look, we're not going to talk about it openly, but fine, go ahead and decriminalize it. Mm. Right. And then what's happened is, I think they were particularly upset. from Very what we progressive. Uh, no, it's typical RSS. We don't have an opinion on this. If society is ready let society do That's fine. I'm ah. perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Right. Uh, in the left wing, though they're supposed to be liberals, you have to go to the right school, right college, uh, born to the right parents, somewhat be the right caste, and you need to tick all those boxes. Correct. But on the right side, you don't need to. You don't on need the right. That. You, you don't, don't need, need that. that. In fact, if you have gone to those schools and colleges... It's a negative, negative. against you. If right? you speak English, it's a negative against huh. you. Huh. Okay. So, uh, so the left actually has a lot of classism in it. Okay. And casteism in it. Okay. Uh, some of the most horrifically casteist statements I've heard have come from the left. Hmm. Now, uh, there's also this belief that um, you know this uh, the the whole uh, right wing uh, narrative. It's based on this concept that a strong nationhood feeling. That's the only thing that will bond us. That. Uh, and that strong nationhood originates from our villages and urban centers are the corruption of that nationhood sentiment. Mm -hmm. uh, is that right? Is that wrong? Do you think that that narrative needs to go? I call it the ISIS mentality and I'll tell you why. All self-confident civilizations look to the future. All inferiority complex ridden societies that are not successful look to an imagined past. For, you know, obscurantist Muslims, it's the Rashidun Caliphate. Hmm. For uh, uh, Mujahindus, it's Ram Rajya. Mujahindus? Hmm. Now, you're confusing me, Abhijit. I'm very Sadharan Prani. It's a, port, it's a portmanteau of uh, Mujahid and Hindu. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. But why do you call them that? Because they're just... They're... they're Except in terms of physical violence, hmm. uh, which is to say beheading or bombing or whatever, they're an exact mirror image of what they hate. Hmm. Hmm. And what you find with these Mujahindus is they imagine this past. Oh, you know, we never used to eat. I'm sorry to bring it back to beef, but beef. <laughs> okay. we never used to eat beef. Hmm. You look at Bibi Lal and nobody can accuse Bibi Lal of being a left winger. Yeah. yeah. You Bibi Lal's findings, his own writing yeah, on the excavations at Harappa and Mohenjo-daro, yeah. the maximum number of uh, butchered bones was that of Boss Indicus, not even Boss Taurus. It wasn't foreign cows that they ate, they ate Indian cows. Hmm. So, the fundamental differences between a Hindu extremist, a Hindu extremist will fundamentally always be a lot more tolerant. What they insist on, curiously enough, is direct from the Ramayana. It's your Agni Pariksha. You have to pass through all these things. Pehle Agni Pariksha karna hoga, wo bhi kafi nahi hai, because the Dhobi said something about you, phir vanvas mein jao. You're going to get me sued. I'm going to move on. No, no, no. <laughs> but they're actually following the Ramayana. We should appreciate them. They are true Ahle Kitab. They are following the book to the word. They are more Ahle Kitab than Osama bin Laden in terms of their fundamentals. 
you diss everybody on this show now just please tell me where give me an answer see now those who oppose the right wing another question is those who oppose the right wing both hindu and muslim feel that this uh, the hindu <coughs> right which has now uh, you know got a government in place they will push india back hmm. it's a different matter that what Mr Modi and the BJP says is that we're building more flyovers we're opening up our markets we are uh, giving jobs we're doing this more ports more uh, railways all that connectivity all that is going on more tourism uh, we are going to be vishwaguru that's a different point mm-hmm. altogether mm-hmm. but the left wing thinks that with the right wing government uh it will push us back towards a kind of a stagnation or even push us back because the the ideas that the right wing believes in goes mm. back to the vedic times mm. so how how valid is that fear that they have and do it's is it a fear or is it just a tactic so it's a tactic hmm. it's a tactic because i can tell you that this government doesn't actually believe in much uh, hmm. i would say they're mostly about uh, 10% genius inspiration uh uh 30% mediocrity and the remaining 60% incompetence but aise matlab funda your funda nahi it's not funda let's look What at it this? let's look at it so okay. uh the abrogation of 370 sheer genius yeah okay the way it was done constitutionally valid mm-hmm. everything was sheer genius right mm-hmm. the rest so for example uh uh you know uh state investment in roads uh airports etc etc this is what every government should be doing technically mm-hmm. Where does the incompetence angle come in? In South Asia, we know that the building of infrastructure does not automatically lead to growth, mm-hmm. right? And the clearest example is how none of those people who built the Delhi-Gurgaon highway were able to recoup their money from the uh, toll booths and things like that, right? And the reason is there is too much regulation, there is too much court interference, there is too much everything. Adani is building ports and airports everywhere. If there was no money, if it was not lucrative, so the money doesn't it? come from actually building the port. the money didn't come, come from the money didn't come from delhi airport the money came from that development area Are around telecom it, was not going to be required the money land. be into geo right so uh, so, so the money that, does not come directly so if it wasn't lucrative why would adani be building airports why would ambani be in telecom and you know i mean it is lucrative that's why we've got more millionaires we've got more unicorns mm. uh, you know we're doing well as as far as Mo- the most of uh, your... even though rahul gandhi will say suit boot ki sarkar and mm-hmm. the left wing says it's crony capitalism my okay. whole issue is there is no suit boot ki sarkar it's all valuation games happening with the unicorns okay adani and ambani like i said the money will not come from the port Hmm. the money will come from all the extra land which will be converted and this has been the thing in india for a very long time hmm. that it is the real estate that you squat on allow to appreciate and make buildings out of and sell hmm. residential plots and things like that that actually end up making the money and it happened in america it happened yeah it happened in asia all no, across asian india, economies look, in india we think that infrastructure leads to growth growth is a very complex phenomenon happened in korea infrastructure growth because you got your regulatory mechanisms your judicial mechanisms all of that right hmm. here i think there is a lot to be said about the economic literacy of the judiciary Hmm. There's a lot to be said about the economic literacy of the government itself. Please, you now you're wading into territory where I will become the villain because as far as But our I, as our uh, honorable Supreme Court is concerned, I am the villain. Media is the biggest biggest crook in this country. We are worse than whatever you want to say now. We are worse than what did you use that word? Muj Hindu. Muj Hindu. We are worse than anybody. We are you know we are the bad bad people responsible for every ill. 
I only like villains. I never like heroes. Okay. In every movie, we are Prem Chopra, uh, Helen Bindu rolled Chopra into one. Prem Chopra, so yes, Prem Chopra yeah. aren't arch villains. Okay. True arch villain are Mogambo level okay, or Mugambo. you know Darth Vader level and things Haan. like that. So we are that. We are that. Darth Vader's we are. Ah, you're the Darth Vader. We are the Darth Vader. So please don't say anything about the judiciary in my show. <laughs> okay. So now when you're talking about foreign media, Abhijit. Um, left liberal we talked about it mm. now this sudden uh, you know india has shied away when mm. i say india i mean indian government indian government has shied away from openly taking on the foreign media mm. whatever happened was like ministry of external affairs ka koi joint secretary level banda would call up the bbc and say what the why have you reported like this on mm. kashmir mm. uh, you should report like this that it stayed at that level mm. it would never escalated to the political uh, class taking on foreign media mm. but now you're seeing a different uh, india i don't know whether it is a confident india or whether it's a different media policy but taking on the foreign media especially in their own land mm. saying two newspapers you know that's what jay shankar had said mm. right now so calling their bluff so you know you guys have been calling their bluff on social media mm. a number of people from the right wing have been incessantly saying that what the right wing especially what the uh, left liberal uh, media did during covid mm. foreign media reported during covid was wrong absolutely mm. wrong mm. a number of people did that because they genuinely believed in it mm. right that mm. it was it was not done but the government never said anything and even if they did it was a muted voice now the government is like we're not going to wait for it to happen we are taking you on so i think we're basing this on just one thing which is what jay shankar said in washington mm. and even that was a rhetorical comeback it wasn't a a systematic factual comeback mm. right now if you remember i think it was the independent and the guardian when uh, uh, 370 got abrogated in kashmir the only person that both newspapers could find one month apart in their reporting was the exact same guy with the exact same wounds mm. and they tried passing it off as a different guy okay uh there was that lady nicola karim from the bbc and one independent key journalist imagine one month apart they can only find one victim of brutality that to anonymous who has the exact same wound pattern jo maine uh, uh, you know i saw I, that uh, yeah. yes you had put it up but you know going and saying ah you know washington post uh, is this or new york times is this so when you do these takedowns i mean just to uh, a takedown the way a takedown has to happen is you need to have somebody like uh, who did vajpai have pramod mahajan right hmm. yes pramod mahajan who would sit down there and he would dhada dhad he would take you down that day then and there point by point you think that this government is not doing that the social media team of the bjp is really sharp no, isn't it no the, the the social media team is not the government Okay yeah see correct. the government has to do that yes okay right there's no point sitting around and cribbing about it later and that to an esoteric way without naming them hmm. uh in you know, this city you know i tell city, you what uh, uh, abhijit uh, what happened was you know when that when the indian cricketer was trolled um by these pakistani handles which pretended to be indian handles and said you're a khalistani and you know that's why you dropped the catch and all those things which were happening it happened close to midnight mm. at that time mm. and indian media you know some some maybe innocent i i'm not saying that they wanted to believe it or anything but when some of these indian media handles saw that they believed them to be indian handles correct and they started 
you know self flagellation he just started apologizing on behalf of indians mm. saying this is very wrong and things it was only some do gooder around 4 am or something who turned around and said brought out the back of those uh, you know the found out the ip addresses mm-hmm. and now these are not indian handles mm. they are pretending to be indian so 4 am that happens mm. now by uh, by that time the midnight and post midnight websites of the newspapers there are interns on the job or whatever mm, indian mm. uh they've taken those things and then the headlines have gone on the portals already indians troll uh cricketer <laughs> right and call him khalistani mm. and then that went now what happens is the websites uh, or these or, you know these um newspapers who are sitting in america in europe and things like they don't have reporters in india and even if they have they have one reporter Correct. who's sleeping it's yeah. it's then ninny time they're sleeping so what do those portals do without calling their reporter they pick from these indian websites and they copy paste and put out there and then it goes front pages mm. in some mm-hmm. by the time india wakes up or indian government handles wake up to bust this fake news mm. almost 12 hours have gone by mm. fake news has circulated everywhere by this time mm. this is what i'm trying to and say and the retraction never happens have you noticed hmm. this is how you create citation loops the left is very good at this hmm. right the retraction will be one news item by that time the news item's been bombarded most will not retract so the problem with the left again it's statistics when your entire media has been brought up in the humanities which is already saturated 99% by the left mm. then 99% of your graduates are going to be left wing and that's the institutional capture that's happened in the west as well it's a global remember this is what manu joseph says the left is global the right wing is always local mm. which is why you can never build international thing so whenever we talk about the right wing narrative we end up talking about the bjp yes, alas. don't don't talk about it the the muslim narrative doesn't come in which also has a very strong right wing and a left wing in that too so that we will leave for another conversation yes. thank you so much for speaking with me thank you for listening in whichever platform you saw or listen to this please like or subscribe i'm smita prakash signing off namaste jai hind